Alright, okay. Alright, let's do this thing. Best boys. You're live? Is it happening? Is it real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's the best boys podcast. Number 16. I am uh, the host. And my name is JP. I'm with Corey. A hands up, a hands down. Back up, back up. Tell me what y'all gotta do now. What did you ruin? Because it felt like a Limp Bizkit moment. No, no. This well, is not, you weren't, no, you weren't in a Limp Bizkit no, moment. No, I was not. I was channeling. I was unchanneling that. Thanks. Oh, um, That's okay. Shit. That's okay. That's all capsule encapsulates best boys film podcast uh, it is an amateur film study podcast uh hosted by slob thomas uh and an actual man in the industry my brother uh, Corey with a story corniest names coming at you live corey has uh, got the corniest names corny with a story mm. Mm. but anyways how was your week It's a week. A week happened. Yeah, doing anything fun and exciting? Seven days occurred. No. Interesting. Nice. <laughs> but the uh, I had two days on Euphoria again. It was super cool. We were shooting this like end credit scene thing. Um, I don't know if it's like a season ending thing or what, but we are. We only have a couple more months left in the show, um, but it was super cool. Let's just say the one day there was like 150 yards of dolly track, and I had to sprint full sprint with the two dolly grips that were pushing the camera for uh, over a football field's length like four times in 100 degree weather, and almost died. It was awful. Yeah, you better you gotta start training, boy. I know. I feel so out of shape. Um, it was right. It was the day right after the last podcast. It, it, as soon as I got to set, it was just like Jesus Christ. There's no shade. There's no nothing. They had like four blocks uh, of the street section off for like this car stunt thing, and it was just like, oh, it was fucking ugh. So it was the worst. It was so bad. I'm half of my uh, neck has been peeling like a lizard for the last three days. Um, maybe one day I'll actually watch that Euphoria show. I heard it's all right. I heard it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, man. One day I'll do that. Give you, give you my hot takes, sick takes. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I'm glad. Glad you're back <laughs> here on the the eastern coast of the United States. The United you're, States. Till next Thursday, and then I'm back out there Jesus for a couple Christ. days. Jesus. Oh, my is completely fucked. Why didn't you just stay out there for the month? Why come back the, for five days? Because I still have work locally. But is it worth com- the money to come back for it? Yeah. And uh, and it's a it was, it's ten days or nine days off in between dates. Um, but October I'll be out there for like a week at a time. Um, because I have like four four or five HBO days, and then I have a music video out there. Um. But then I have like a ton of cam updates on this cooking show here that I can't miss out on. So it's just like I'm taking a lot of red eye flights and a lot of no sleep October. 
I don't but. understand it, but uh, it is what it is. Um, but I'm glad that you're working, and that's what matters. Um, but all right, we got some movies to talk about. This is a this is a, this is a film podcast. Um, yeah. Do you want to start with First Reformed since that came first, and it has first in the name? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the both of these films are directed by Paul Schrader. Uh, who is a longtime director, actually, but also a writer even before that. Uh, he's most famously has written uh, the Martin Scorsese films Taxi Driver, uh, as well as Raging Bull, um, which are two of my two of um, you know great films, some of my favorites. Um, I think Taxi Driver. I don't have the reverence for it as other Scorsese films. I feel like it's a lot of people's first favorite Scorsese. Um, but uh it's still yeah the great both great flicks raging bull's got some serious vibes um i've never actually seen raging bull uh yeah it's super cool it's very like retro they shot it very retro for the time but it's still old for now so it is this really interesting like uh, like mixture of of uh different periods and stuff period styles of film um super sick but yeah, uh, and Paul Schrader's films are known for having a uh, a male, violent male protagonist who loves to live in small, austere rooms, uh, cell-like rooms. Um, yeah. We get that in both of these films today uh, with Card Counter and First Reformed. But I think that this, that honestly, these two films are a perfect dichotomy of... Uh, how he does it well and how there are some films of his that are not as good. He, um, and yeah, I love first reformed and I think it, uh, it came out in 2017. So uh, yeah, we can talk about that first. Um, distributed by a 24. And Bam. yeah, I, I didn't know this one was an a 24 film. Really? Yeah. I didn't know anything about it going in. I went, I didn't even watch well, did you know afterwards. Blind. I mean, like, did I, do you just found out now? No, I mean it was oh, on the okay. poster when I went to rent it, but like I went in like blind, and it was just like, oh, this is this. Oh, so there's got to end up being some weirdness to it at some point. Um, but it was it was good. I liked it a lot. It was, I it was... loved. I love this film. I love this film. This is the second time I've seen it. Um, I knew that I wanted you to see this film. I wanted Riss to see this film. Um, she didn't get a chance to, but I honestly really want to watch it again because it is such an easy watch. For such a slow burn. And I think that's what mm. makes slow burn films uh, great. Like, you know, like somebody's like, I can't deal slow movies. Like, sh- watch this. And then, mm. like, challenge yourself with this. Because I feel like it's an example of a slow burn that you're really interested. It feels like a, almost like a like a, te- like a prestige television show. Uh, I hate mm-hmm. th- And I know that people in film don't like to be compared to television because it's kind of like... Uh, I guess the modern age of prestige television kind of apes cinematic feel and looks and narratives a little bit. Um, but that's what it felt like. A really good self-contained like two-part miniseries, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I definitely got that vibe. Because um, the, the second half of it just starts going in a di- completely different way um, after the uh, he goes to the doctors and stuff. The uh, 
It, re- it reminded me a little bit, you just talking about it now, just like the tonal shift. And I know this is completely unrelated, but Nymphomaniac, where it's just like part one is one way. And then the second half, it just kind of derails into the characters kind of start going in the same direction um, between it these makes, two movies. It may, this makes sense. I've never seen that, but it's on our list um, to talk about it someday. That's Lars von Trier, I believe, right? Yep. Um, part of his, his trilogy. Um, the... I, I, it definitely builds to this moment, though, because there is this underlying both of these films, and I think that's what this film pays off this the feeling of unease, and but it's like this quiet chaos. This quiet, there's mm. like there is horrible feelings inside of me, but the outside of me is calm and stoic, and just doing my duty and you know living the, my life routine. They're obviously mm. emotional men mm. with how they journal. Um, their journals are really the, the, the revelations of how much they are feeling throughout all this, though they're, you know, their stone faces, uh, uh, might indicate otherwise. Um, I, but it works so much more in this film because there's this great crazy ass payoff in the end. I don't think the payoff quote unquote in, uh, the card counter is nearly as fulfilling or satisfying. Um, cause I like the twist gets me here cause like, you could see it coming cause they, they do literally, I don't want to reveal too much plot cause we haven't done it yet, but like once they get to that big twist at the end, you're knowing what's happening, but it's still just like catches you off guard somehow of the rawness of it, watching him drink, you know, Drano <laughs> and, uh, are trying to take Drano shots and, uh, and then even in the end with the, the final kiss, um, it, it just it's impactful. Um, this shot. Yeah, it was. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, it just the this movie is just like the internal tortures of a man who is seems to be lost and then finds conviction in in the the death of a churchgoer, uh, and it's just kind of like. Even because even before that, he's he, he mentions about how he like doesn't pray anymore, and it's like it's a struggle to not pray. Um, uh, and and like he's he's clearly fighting something, and then as you learn on, about it from his own past pretty early on in the movie, um, you just kind of like, all right, well, that explains how he is, but then he just kind of like the the stuff with the Michael character, it seems to really internalize and and resonate because you have somebody who has mainly just looked at the past and how awful the past has been and you're looking for a brighter future contrasted with somebody who is like the future was bright and great and now we're We're headed into yeah we're headed into the apocalypse um that our own that is our own doing and is easily preventable and that's extremely frustrating um uh, so uh, their politics are a big. It, it's it's amazing how politics is a huge wing of I wing. I don't know why I'm, wing is the word I'm thinking of, but a huge wing of this movie. But mm. also, I feel like you could swap like uh, it out with something else, and the large story still is intact. Like I kept thinking, like this is. No. In, I think it's kind of a subversion. This kind of story, I feel like with a church and and everything that I would more associate with like a conservative um uh a conservative terrorist or, or extremist more than like the, the likelihood of this person being a uh global warming uh eco terrorist you know i feel like it's yeah. a little bit rare of, an, of a thing but it's also 
Uh, something I thought of right before, while well, I was getting a shower before I, we did this, was that if we did it with a, if he did it with this story with a conservative, um, it's usually conservatives are uh, like conservative conspiracies and stuff like that, like going down that internet hole and getting freaked out about something to the point where you want to murder people. The difference is, is usually on that side of things, it's something that is fabricated or or hyperbolized, like it's not real. Whereas global warming yeah. is something that is very real to you know in the scientific community. Like you said, ninety percent of science uh, scientific 97. consensus, ninety seven percent of scientific consensus. But we are trying to pretend like it, like it is debatable. We're trying to pretend like we're it's we're, political. It's political, <laughs> and it's not. And I, I think that is the like the point that I came to to realizing why, uh, why this makes more sense. Like it has more power than making it out something fabricated mm-hmm. and just about mental illness. So this person's obsession over Donald Trump or QAnon or or what have you. Um, versus something that is very real that has got to be frustrating for somebody who feels passionate about. Um, Riss is very uh, passionate about global warming, um, and, and she brings that up. Like, the shit like this, like, tw- by 2050, um, shit is going to be way different. Um, they, he pulled, there's multiple facts throughout the film that are brought up. Um, so initially I was like, well, it fell off for it being centered around global warming, of all things. But as the film uh, progresses... It becomes, you see more and more of the motifs, like the funeral scene, and then there was like straight up um, foot, like B roll of uh, trash all over the world. Yeah, and, yeah. And the world burning and, and things like that. Um, yeah. And it's, the, it's, it's a little heavy handed, though. I would say that's that, exactly what I was waiting to say is like, I think this is a good thing, but it's hard to take as serious because of how heavy handed it is. Like, uh, it, it's heavy-handed, but at the same time, isn't like like I said. This film could function swapping a different issue or a different political point. A uh, point like I feel like you could have for the for the the scattering the ashes thing. Like I feel like you could you could have that same power, but then take out the choir and the footage of like the 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 stuff. But it's still like I feel like you still had that meaningful. But then it's just like all right, we're gonna pause the movie to just like just you're gonna listen to kids sing about. Uh, uh, the planet needing restored and we're just going to show you just terrible images of the environment and then we'll go back to the movie um, where I feel like that, well, that wasn't those weren't back to back terrible images of the environment were later in the film um, no, I, don't, I, I don't know why I thought they happened in the same no, sequence no 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 the choir yeah. singing during the funeral that was the thing by itself um, and then later in the film was the b-roll it was actually when he was going it was during the scene where Amanda Seyfried is laying on top of. That's uh, right. That's him, right. Yeah, uh, and they, uh, they Ethan Hawke and they float, and yeah. it's like first it shows all this na- beautiful nature, and then yeah, it somehow yeah, yeah. changes to destruction. Honestly, I love that the green screen, like oh, that was nature, like, cool. like the trees and the oh, the waves mm-hmm. on, and then once it like was just B roll of destruction, I was like, this is. This is like, yeah, we know what this movie's about. I don't know. Yeah. That is like my only issue. Because as much as I, I support this, like I, this is something that I wholeheartedly support and believe mm-hmm. in. So it's not like I'm offended. It's not like this is not my politics is my issue with it. Uh, I just no, think it could have been handled a bit with a little bit more nuance and a little bit more subtlety. Um, and that yeah. is really one of my only gripes with the entire film, though. 
Like, and I could see someone thinking that it's a big, big thing, but um, the film is so powerful. Um, just in Reverend Toller's story, um, if you just make it about him and try not to think about the larger um, messages here, it is such yeah. a powerful story about this man. Um, and in Amanda Seyfried's story as well, like as a widow, uh, um, a widow and just trying to help her uh, husband afflicted with mental illness. Um, but also, you know, believing in his cause. I think that it, I'll like, I'm sorry, I'll pass it back to you. But uh, I think that's, that's the hard part is that the mental illness gra- with a real ass cause, you know, it's not like mm. it's QAnon. QAnon makes it yeah. easy to write them off as crazy because that's what they are. Um, you know, having some Especially- kind of, but this is something so real. So all right, what do you yeah. think about that? I was going to say, like, especially, you know, when this was made in 2017, so it was probably written in 2015. So it was before, like, QAnon was as any, like, probably was even a thing. Um, There's still conservative groups, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you still had, like, flat, yeah. You still had, like, flat. Conspiracy shit shit was very popular in the mid 2000s, the mid 2010s. 9-11 truthers um, and shit like that. But what I was going to say was... um, Going back to the uh, conservative uh, church thing, like when they have the diner scene with the the bulk guy comes in and you can see like Cedric, that's like Cedric Entertainer is like, he's clearly just like, hey, I'm on, I'm on your side, but like he pays all the bills and like we we need this money to keep this church going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like a, it's the moral versus like which moral do you go? Because that's like from his perspective, I get it. It's like you got thousands of people that show up and watch live that you like are trying to give the word of God to. Um, and like that is a righteous deed in itself. But at the same time, it's like you're, if there's no planet, there's known to be no people left to watch your live stream. So well, that's the, that's something that, that the government has <clears throat> to deal with. That's a, that's something that corporations <clears throat> have to grapple with. Like, do you, you know, do you burn, do you fuck up today's profits for the long term and it's hard yeah. for some people to reconcile short-term prosperity versus you know surf- long-term survival uh and, yeah and it's hard Ca- capitalist makes that hard to do because you know your survival i need to survive to today until tomorrow not 25 years from now. i can't think about yeah. 30 years from now because i'm trying to survive till tomorrow and even for a rich pastor like cedric the entertainer's character that but even like you're a thing you gotta run a business i got a business to run here you know <laughs> do you know how much staffing i have um but the, what i was gonna say was the uh fucking oh, i just had it um the oh it's like enjoy like if, if life's gonna be shit anyways that i'm just gonna make the bet like enjoy it now and then we're all fucked anyway so just you know it's just like um you know, it's like the 20s before the Great Depression. Like, let's just live like kings and then we'll suffer later. Because <clears throat> everything's just fucked. But I don't know. I, I like this a lot. The, towards the end of the movie, um, like pretty much post him going to the doctors, um, the like his whole mood switch because like it's just kind of like a like his character just has like way more of a tonal shift and like it when it hit my one of my favorites he's dying and and yeah that makes him more more reckless my one of my favorite scenes was the one with the esther the lady who's like 
really she's looking out for him she's so caring for him well, she loves like, she also I... loves him she also yeah, yeah. wants to have a romantic relationship with him and he spurns her the entire movie i know and oh, then man. sorry go tell him t- tell her what he says <laughs> it's just like i despise you the, uh, i despise what you make me feel and do like you're every, a stumbling like, block yeah like you're just fucking uh i it just was like it was so mean but it was just like I get it because he's just like, I'm dying. I don't have time for anybody else other than just getting my shit together or like what I want to do done. Um, and it's just like, and it's how can you not not get it? You know what I mean? Like, it, he's being a dick, but like, it's like, what would you do if it's like somebody, like, if you're in the same situation? But then at the same, it's like, it's like he has, he knows what he must do, like, because of his circumstances, but he obviously yeah. can't fight that he has feelings for like Amanda Seafried and like she yeah, I think and which... she likes I think him and he's just trying to do his job, but he realizes he has feelings as well and that and it culminates in that final moment of uh and passion. And uh, she forgets about her husband real quick. <laughs> Well, but, I, th- I I don't know. I don't know if it was like that. I think it's just like, like the emotion. How, well, just the how emotional this all is, and they experience this together. It's like surviving with something with somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he saw that guy blow his head, uh, his dead body, with his head blown off, and um, she's been dealing, you know, trying to stop him from doing that and she failed and even like the line from that bulk guy where he's like oh you you were helping this guy and he killed himself so you're telling me that he talked to you for help and then he killed himself the next day so i guess it doesn't make you pretty much implying that you suck as a as a a counselor um like you're or you're partially culpable for this man's death uh yeah which that that, yeah that was fucked up (laughs) But I imagine that's thoughts that you might have when you go through all this, and uh, and oh, they're, they're sure. both I... they're both going through this traumatic thing together. Obviously, he's dealing with um, his health and just his, all his loneliness, but it's also like this self-imposed isolation and exile. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's, this movie is powerful. And it is a lot of feeling and for how quiet and subtle or quiet it is. And it is very subtle with a lot of things. It's just not the the global warming. When the global warming thing is... Because it's not even... It's not like global warming constantly is coming up in every scene. It's just when the scenes it's in, it is beating you over the head with it. Like the first conversation with Michael, the um, Amanda Seyfried's husband who kills himself. um, And then with the... Uh, then the conversation at the diner, and then the um, obviously the B-roll thing, and uh, the funeral. Like there are when the moments it's in, it's in. But other you remove those pieces, and I think that's why I keep talking about how you can swap in something else because the other a lot of this movie is just about like I said, this Ethan Hawke, Taller's experience and his life right now, um, and grappling with his own mental health. And his own despair and his own crisis of faith and um, trying to do what's right for Michael. But it's also like driven by this, you know, this pregnant woman. Um, Yeah, this movie is amazing. Uh, Other than what the criticism I said, I really don't have any other criticism I have for it because um, 
it's shot beautifully. I think I texted you about it before, and that it felt like this. It felt very old, but very new. Like right, like the way that the, a lot of the shots were set up, like retro, um, like the yeah. shot of like a sign, like a lot of standing shots, not a lot of move, like moving camera for certain mm. things. Um, and I like that. A lot of cuts, like hard cuts. Um, yeah, I this don't is a. Um... I was gonna say this is a, a a classic case of just of the softest. What, what this is what we joke around said was um, soft lighting is very popular and it it is I would say hit its peak of popularity around 2017 2018. Um, and it's this is like the softest lighting in the world. So we would say it's like we're being the softest boys in the room on set when we're trying to do like lighting like this. But it's so done so well and intentionally dark in silhouette. Everything is like single light lit at night. Um, which is more oh, realistic. Yeah, yeah, the like, real lighting, the, the candle light, or like the lamp lighting. Yeah, it's always there's always only one source of light lighting any like in any of the rooms in any of the scenes, which I loved. Except for the daytime stuff where you have windows pour, with light pouring in, obviously. Yeah, but, the, uh, but the daylight looks so real, looks so good. Like it fit. I yeah, I, they did such a good job of just like playing natural, like making it look natural. It didn't. It didn't look like it was like overly stylized or anything, other than just they wore like an ND. Uh, 50, like 1.5 on this the entire time and just said we want barely enough light um, but I like that too I like the, it helps like fit with the isolation and the despair feel with like especially when you have um, any of the characters walking in front of uh, the windows with the silhouettes because then it's just like it's all darkness around them and just where they are is just a little bit of light that's left um, yeah like metaphorically for just like the character in the story like I think the just everything went, and I like the four by three. I know some people. Oh yeah, think yeah, it gets yeah, overused, yeah. But but uh, I, I I think it worked for this. It was framed beautifully for it. Um, it wasn't just four by three for fuck's sake. Um, oh yeah, so I was help. gonna say this is a fucking example. I don't, and I think it's like it's old cinema. It's not even four by three. It's like one to one point, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Uh, I forget. Uh, I'm not gonna look it up to waste of time. But it's it's technically not 4.3. It's or four by three. It's one to one something. That's like an old film ratio um, uh, for theaters. But um, what I like, I, this is an example of doing that, and it enhances the film. It enhances the experience. I lo- like I said the the retro future feel the like of the shoot the shooting and the lighting and the um this film feels like it could have been a film made in the 60s or 70s but it uh, it's so crisp and obviously it's high definition um and i love that shit i love the simple it minimally it's almost minimally shot like i said there's not a lot of camera movement the lighting you said is really soft a lot of natural lighting um it is less is it less is more with a lot of uh, a lot of this and um I, I, I can't have the budget. What is the budget on this? Um, that I don't know, but I did look up. The aspect ratio is one three seven to one, which is it's close to four by three. It's just a little different. Yeah, but, slightly. Um, I knew it wasn't exactly the same as four by three. Uh, it's very close though. Uh, the budget but then you is... have. Go ahead. I was gonna say they sh- they shot this on uh, uh, Master Primes and Zeiss Master Primes are the cleanest show at the time at least now we have supreme primes and signature primes but at the time those are the cleanest clearest just best lenses when you're just looking for this like the cleanest image no distortion no chromatic aberrations no flaring no not like they are just fucking clean and that like that 
uh, when you have such soft lighting, you need that heavy clarity to just give keep those details in the light that you are letting on skin tones and stuff like that. And this movie is is just so crisp because of that. Like knowing that these are all master primes would make so much more sense on the look of it. Um, that's one thing. And I I've, I've read some criticisms of cinematography for the the our latter movie, The Card Counter. But I honestly really loved how both of these films looked and shot and were shot and. Um, I, uh, we'll get to the card counter later, but I really loved um, the scene transitions and and uh, a use of color and abstract extraction in that movie. Um, it's for someone for someone who's been a writer first. I really am impressed um, by how this stuff is shot, and obviously that goes to the cinematographers even more. Yeah, so, there's the a lot of directors. Well, the DP is is in the cinematographer the same thing. Okay, um, sorry. The uh, yeah, it's just two different words. Um, one is the technical term, and one is like the the thing for like the union. You're in like the the ACE. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but anyways, the uh, a lot of directors, and I've seen this firsthand. Like they just all they care about is the actors, and the entire look and all that is just left to the cinematographer to just um, like this is this is the tone I want, and then the cinematographer just goes. And mo- I've seen so many times with directors I've worked with. Um, like even the, the, the Hulu short that, that Evan and I did, the director was just, he would just look over and was like, Hey, it looks good. But like, they, other, they both have the same these... cinematographer, both movies. So yeah. that, that <laughs> regardless, and when I think obviously established guys, um, that have been around a while, they might have someone they have a relationship with where they kind of... Yeah, you, yeah, like you're hiring a, the DP you for their a, look. And you can speak a similar language. Like they might mm. know what the director's trying to get out of. Um, something like someone who's more of an auteur. I imagine less yeah. of an if you're just more le- if you're less of an auteur. I imagine you can let straight up let your cinematographer just go wild with something. Someone who's a, yeah. I know some filmmakers are probably more hands on with that, um, or just like signing off of it because like that's what I would do. Like I think about when I've made music or music video. It's like I'm not an expert in that, but I know what I'm looking for, and if you show me what I if someone who can speak your language shows you what you know, you're looking for and you just sign off of it and I trust you to now be the steward of this, uh, this aesthetic, you know, this look, um, for the rest of the project. I think that there's a lot of ways to do it. And, um, uh, that's, that's interesting. That's an, it. It's, I think a lot of people that are like me that are more layman's or, um, uh, novices to the industry uh, understanding how it works might sleep on they might think the director controls way more about how things are shot than they do um and honestly and like i was saying it probably depends on the relationship between the two um or if there's just like the or they're more hands-off some directors probably way hands-off you know yeah, it's it's a in even in my own experience between gaffing and, and DPing, it's a it's it's a wide gamut of directors and what they like. You have some like uh, the director of Euphoria, where season one he is very hands on. Everything has to be a certain look or whatever. And then season two, he's he's got the same DP. Then he's way he he doesn't even like wait around for anything. It's just like all right, looks good. All right, cool. This is it. Like it's like that trust is built. But then, but then you'll have things where it's like the um, the I've worked in a couple of times with a couple of directors that they are oh they only care about the performance and then and then the framing and then literally everything else as long as it's not they don't find it distracting to their eye and distracting from performance it's just kind of left up to art department and the DP to just 
you know, craft the tone yeah. and, and the themes. That was what I was trying to say, and you said it much uh, more concise and uh, succinct. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> so all right, let's fin- let's wrap up this first performed here. Um, before I know we we touched on the the big names in the cast, but boy, is it a great cast! It's small. This is a small uh, cast, but Ethan Hawke. This might be one of the best performances I've ever seen from him. Amanda Seyfried, indie uh, indie queen, just uh, just like uh, I always think of her. Like I think of like Chloe Sevigny, or uh, yeah, um, or like Riley Keough and new A twenty four stuff. They're just like they are in lots of really good indie movies, and they usually always do well. Um, a lot, yeah, Amanda Seyfried's great. Cedric the Entertainer in a serious role. Awesome. really good and i'm i can't help but i'm gonna end up comparing how cedric entertainer was used in this film to how tiffany haddish is used in the card counter um because i think that it is an important an important uh, distinction not because uh, not because they are both african-american but but they're both i think predominantly comedy um actors and comedy performers um and seeing the how they uh, were used in these very serious films, or and this film is m- even more serious than the Card Counter. Um, but yeah, um, Bill the the guy who plays uh, Bill Hogue, I've seen or not uh, not Bill Hogue at Balk Edward Balk. I've seen him in a few things. He's in the Leftovers. Um, he was in Man in the High Castle. A good character actor and a lot of stuff. Um, very hateable in this. I've seen him play a good guy. I've seen him play a bad guy. Um, very, very hateable capitalist. Um, but yeah. So, uh, do you have anything to say before we talk about this this wild ass ending in a little more detail? I uh, or uh, anything else you'd like to touch uh, upon? I don't think so. Um, other than just I like the that that little green screen thing where they just they're floating and whatever. I like that that was just kind of a um, for a movie that was very much grounded in the real world. It was nice to just have for for somebody who is dealing with so much internal struggle shit to just have something more surreal to like kind of get a, more of an experience of what they're experiencing and how they're experiencing it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good to move on to the ending. So the ending. Is batshit crazy. So, as we were saying before, uh, Amanda Seyfried's husband, Michael, was basically an eco-terrorist. One, an aspiring eco-terrorist. A terrorist. A non-violent. Not at, to this point, non-violent. Yeah, um, they make a point to say that he was he was non-violent before. until he was about to put on su- put on a suicide yeah. vest. Yes. So uh, uh, earlier in the film, Ethan Hawke and Amanda Seyfried, Amanda Seyfried, they find his suicide bomb vest. They give it to uh, Ethan Hawke, and Ethan Hawke's supposed to dispose of it. You find out later in the film he did not dispose of it, and he gets very sympathetic to the cause. Um, and then he finds out about his health and gets very reckless and suicidal. And throughout the film, they're pre- uh, preparing for this consecration ceremony. I can't, it's an anniversary of some kind. And this, the church has been around. Yeah, yeah. It's been around since colonial times. And, um, he, there's going to be a lot of rich people there, ca- capitalists there, trying uh, politicians there. So he plans on putting on the vest and blowing it up. Then by the end, then right before it happens, he finds out from Amanda Seyfried that she's going to be there as well. So he decides that I'm not going to blow him up. Instead, I'm just going to wrap my body in barbed wire and drink well, he, Drano. He, uh, he tells her not to go, but he looks through the window and sees her yes, walking into the yes. church. Like she showed up 
when she wasn't supposed to. Yes, yes. Um, and that's what he just screams in his robes uh, and everything about it. Like he's just so disappointed. Um, but the barbed wire thing was just like I kind of like. Did he still have it on whenever she walked in on him? She went to hug him, or did yes. he want to be found? Yes. He did. He just want to be found dead, covered in barbed wire. I think it was supposed to be um, symbolic because uh, something to do with some Jesus shit. That's what I kept thinking about. Is like the barbed wire has to be abstract and symbolic. Um, well, I didn't know if he got like the barbed wire from the from like that toxic like land waste area or not, and I didn't know if it was supposed to be. Oh, like, I like, don't know. I'm don't being know. strangled like I'm strangled like the sea turtles with the pop thing plastic uh, thing maybe or... maybe i don't know why i thought it was christ supposed to be christ-like I, well i mean you would think because of crown of thorns like i that's I, what i, that's I kept thinking would, would that it, it reminded me of jesus but i honestly don't know but um, i don't he, it, he doesn't ever sense. come off that he feels like jesus though you know what no, I, mean? I don't think yeah, you're right he wouldn't he the character would never posit that he is christ-like so I don't know. I don't. I don't know exactly, but I know that that it has wild. to be an abstraction more than literal <laughs> from the movie. Um, and what, start, what a plan B! What a plan I'm B. gonna wrap myself in barbed wire and drink drink cleaner. Doesn't drink the <laughs> stops himself or and uh, when she comes in um, and kisses him, um, yeah, he does do he does do the it. ceremony right? No. He, he doesn't even. Everyone keeps looking for him. And, oh, that's uh, right. And, he that's, and he's just in the and back. He's just ready, it. just prepping. And then she shows up, and then he's screaming in his robes, and he starts wrapping himself in barbed wire and looking at his blood stains. And then, right when he's he's about to do his draino, she walks in. He's just like, I took that as just like, um, like he was just waiting for anything to stop anyone to just say, yeah to just save him and it was like that was to him was like an act of god. her walking in is like was an, an act, act of god, of god. Like, yeah it's not my time i wonder if even the kiss was sexual for him like uh like it romantic. was very passionate it was passionate but what is it like uh like i i'm sure it was but i feel like maybe there's a reading in there where you could say that like it was more about some kind of religious thing um, like saved by this this kiss, um, but yeah, like the saved his life. I and mean, he still has health issues, but it didn't seem it wasn't explicit that his health issues were like um, terminal yet. It just seemed like yeah. that they were good. Like it was bad. It could be. It could be really bad, but we don't know um, quite yet. Yeah, I, I love this film. I really love this film, and um, I w the first I'm ready to start talking scores because the first time I saw it, I gave this a four and a half. I looked on Letterboxd. Oh, wow. I already had it scored. Um, I thought about it more. Um, I I heard of, also I heard of some people criticize the score. I didn't even notice it. Oh, uh, I love the score. Oh, I love the score in both of you. I like the score in the card counter noises. even more. Um, but I, the I score in this movie isn't really a score. It's literally it's just very occasionally minimal. very dark, like like low rumble sounds. Everyone's like when shit's going down, uh, and that's about it. But which I liked. I, I thought it worked with it. I I definitely would not knock it for the score. Um, um that very much fit the fit what it was going for. I think I'm gonna. I think I want to settle on a four this time. But I could very easily be talked back into a four and a half. I think. I think the he the heavy handedness of the the global warming is the only, like it's like how much does that knock it for me and like yeah, I, 
you could have done it in such a, a way that I think could easily have made this even a five. But yes, it's I agree. There is a five in five. this thing. There is, yeah, it's, it's it's already close to a five as is. You know, like I'm I'm sitting at a four, um, but it's just like the the like we had a we had to have that you know mid two thousands were show, like sitting on a computer screen scrolling through things clicking like, and but it was all global warming, the world's ending, and it was just like yeah yeah, and and I really hated that the that also happens in the card counter. The card counter does so many of the same things and but worse. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And there's uh, a lot of parallels, so many parallels, just but a significantly inferior film. The only thing that I liked about the, the car counter is just a way better, uh, it's way more colorful, and there's so much, there, there's yeah. a lot of really beautiful shots in that. I feel like that's the only thing I could ever, the only thing I could put up over this. So, yeah, I, I think maybe I'll stay at four. Um, that's no, where I'm at. I don't know, I, I don't know. I don't even remember if I might have switched it back to a four and a half. I kept switching it. I, I'm solidly out of four. The uh, but I don't blame you for four and a half because it, it, it's got. I style did do four and, and a half. Play. And Ethan Hawke has got the perfect gravel voice in this movie. The entire time, I just kept thinking of like, man, how do people who have like normal voices and then they do something like this, like how does it sound so good? Like I feel like. I, if I try doing a gravel voice, it just sounds cheesy, and I'm trying to sound like Salt Snake. But I put First like, Reformed over Green Knight on my top list. It's below The Killer and above Green Knight, but that also puts it above Amelie, Requiem for a Dream, Kids, and Shape of Water. I ooh, I would say I like this definitely above all of those except for Kids. Kids just really stuck with me, like for days after. All right, then I'm gonna say four and a half then. Because I really liked all those movies I just named. Um, well, I have those movies, I think, lower than you do. Um, except for Requiem and Kids. Kids, I just could, kept thinking about Kids and Gummo for, like, weeks after. Um. <clears throat> all right. All right. Let's move on to the next one. The Card Counter. Starring uh, Oscar Isaac. And Tif- Tiffany Haddish and Willem Dafoe came out this year. Just came out. Also directed by Paul Schrader. Paul the dog Schrader. Um, the bulldog. Uh, <laughs> um, this movie is about a man who was in prison for a while, but is now he learned how to count cards and be really good at poker or I mean casino stuff. And, um, you know, he, he's small time. He just travels from casino to casino making his money. And, uh, um, but nothing big. And he stumbles upon this kid. Um, and you find out that our main character, Oscar Isaac, served in um, the war in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan and actually was stationed at the Abu, the famous Abu Ghraib, infamous Abu Ghraib prison, where many, many um, people were tortured. Uh, murdered, etc. App, um, and he's kind of so. There's like that ends up being one of the major themes of the film, and he meets this young guy named Kirk, Kirk with a C. Um, that he's they say that multiple times, Kirk with a C, and uh, and they and his dad killed himself as a result of PTSD from his experience at that prison, and he's trying to get Oscar Isaac to help him murder. One of the orchestrators who was played by Willem Dafoe. So, Corey, 
What did you think about the card count? Um, after I first came to the theater, I was like, I was, it was like, I thought this was pretty good. It was, I, it was slow. Um, I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was like too slow for me. I got probably bored in the, in like the middle part of it. But, uh, after seeing first reformed, now I'm kind of feeling even less about it because of just, I feel like I just saw the same movie twice. Uh, <laughs> With differences, obviously, but yeah, there the, are major differences. But the, the core yeah. of the theme, the core of the movie, is the same. Yeah, and that's now doing that. It's kind of just like, um, because it just feel like you just did the same thing, but not as good. But it, I thought it was really good, though. I mean, the the cinematography is what really I just kept paying attention to and really beautiful like, took me away. Gorgeous. Uh, I love this color palette of just like these like reds, browns, beiges, and and fucking blacks. Um. Yeah, and just uh, it 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 looks so much. It looked like uh, you know, taking if you look at like first reformed as like if that's like the building block or whatever of just like crisp and fucking clean, and then you're just like in like all right, how do we build on top of that? And let's add color, but it's not color for like vibrancy's sake, and and like it's not colorful in a sense of like like a, Mar a Marvel movie or a Pixar movie or something. It's like it's. It's hard. It's like dirty color, but good. It, but still clean and crisp. Um, yeah, the I thought the colors. I love the way it, the, it was graded and. Um, yeah, huge, huge fan of that. Um, but I don't know. I was. It was cool. Um, I feel like I'm after seeing first reform because I saw that one second. Uh, after seeing first reformed, I just like. I don't know. I came. I am now feeling like mixed about it. I so. I think I liked it more than, but I also recognize that it was not a, like it had a lot of problems. This film is a lot of flaws and is a little bit messy. I don't even know messy is a word I'd use. It's just, I didn't give a shit about any of these characters. Yep. And that's the number one difference between this film and First Reformed. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of care for Reverend Toller and a lot of care for Amanda Seyfried's characters. Everyone else is pretty peripheral to that story. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I, had, I, I even cared about the choir teacher. Like I had a lot of investment in everyone mm -hmm. in that story. This movie, the only person I even remotely was interested in was Oscar Isaac's character. And... I would say Oscar Isaac's performance is probably one of the only good performances acting wise in this film. And even then it's just like, it's very brooding and intense. Um, but, uh, there are some noticeable discrepancies when seeing him in a scene with the actor who plays Kirk and, and Tiffany Haddish's character. Lalinda. Um, Lalinda. Um, Oh man, they just showed his tattoos, man is his tattoos were awful. Mm. And I don't know oh, if they're trying God. to capture some kind of aesthetic, but the font yeah. of the shit on his back is so bad. It might as well have been in Comic Sans. I was just about to say, it was in Comic Sans. might as well put it in Comic Sans. And then the, like, the lick em, stick em tattoo, American flags on his arm. Yeah. And I get that one was supposed to demonstrate a tattoo he probably got in the military, and one was a demonstrated tattoo he got in prison. It's just they both look bad. Um, yeah, I haven't seen tattoos as bad since Suicide Squad 2016. Um, it, with the Joker's tattoos. So what I had to do to enjoy this movie, and it helped, and I it, I did enjoy this movie, and I did not. I got it like maybe felt like it started to drag like two thirds of the way through because the I couldn't tell when the ending was coming. Like oh here it's coming. Nope, nope. Um, 
but uh, I try to, I just like, I'm going to here to enjoy some vibes, some cool cinematography, a slow burn story um, uh, that, you know, hopefully is interesting. And I'm just here for the ride and the merging and merging and the vibe. And, uh, and I, so I think that way I was able to enjoy it more, but boy, if I tried to think about this narrative at all, it becomes very frustrating very quickly. Um, and as much as I think the cinematography is at a high level, uh, and you know, the, the way things are shot looks so good, man, were there some straight up, oh, well, oh, I I realized red letter media was on the screen. (laughs) Um, I realized that. Um, there was serious, serious mistakes in other facets of the production. The scene with the date, um, the light-up date, which was really cool, visually awesome. You know what I'm talking about? The the, the light-up date? I think I do. What do you mean? No, I think I do. What do you mean? <laughs> it was towards the, towards the end of the movie. They go on a date, and it's there's lights everywhere. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I For some reason, for when you said light update, I for some reason just kept thinking a neon sign calendar. Um, I'm just like, what the fuck? But sorry. Good. Continue. Um, they're, uh, they're having a conversation and Tiffany Haddish's lines are all dubbed and Oscar Isaac's lines are not. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, my God. And it's yeah. shooting from behind her. It's shooting from behind yeah. her so we can't see her mouth. And that is t- a, a fucking thing that they do in B-movies to, to try yeah. to cover up somebody's terrible acting. That is, like, she had to really, like, if those were the takes that they kept, she must have really had some bad takes. That's what I kept I was- thinking. I thought that they just had bad chemistry to, throughout the whole movie. It just, I feel like she didn't, like, while Cedric the Entertainer's kind of shtick, it fit for the character that he, he was playing, which is like will, a pastor priest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's, which is already kind of being like a Cedric the Entertainer type of guy. But like, Tony Haddish was just, I don't know. I, I saw it at the Laugh Factor a couple months ago and she was really funny, but I just, I don't. It just didn't really land for me. Like it just felt uh, that most of this movie just felt like it's just Tiffany Haddish and Oscar Isaac sitting at bars drinking and talking, and I just didn't care. Um, uh, it's because of how cringe their dialogue was. Um, not the dialogue and the writing, but really just the performance. It the delivery, was, yeah. Uh, and I think it was mostly Tiffany Haddish's, you know, performance that was making it hard. You're seeing somebody that was very experienced actor and somebody with that is mostly a comedic actor and a voice actress. She's uh, me and Riss watch Tuca and Birdie, um, and she plays Tuca, uh, and her character is very bombastic and over the top and funny mm-hmm. and fun, and that is it works. And I think in voice mm-hmm. acting, you can it's easier for some people to get over the top versus on camera. And yeah. I I think I haven't seen any of her on camera work really um, until this. But man, it it felt like an amateur actress trying to do a serious role for the first time um and i hate to dog on her because i like her a lot and it's like and i don't think she's the sole reason that this movie has issues but i think that it's a major and i love the character like it's not like the i have an issue with this interracial relationship or that no that there's that she's an african-american character or anything like that i it's they could swap anybody in and i think it would have made the movie better so yeah, I like it, Tiffany Haddish. It's hard because I yeah. like her. She is a, she is a, and she's an attractive personality in person. It's just, it's not enough. Um, it's not enough charisma to just to to act in uh, to uh, be you know act at a high level in a film like this. 
I mean, Sorry, she was predominantly a, a comedy actress too, so it's like it's 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 kind of like you're doing with like the Jonah Hill, where it's like we want to take a a guy who's just known for comedy stuff and throw him into something serious. But in this case, it just I just don't think it landed, and I just don't yeah I just don't think it it's fits for the kind of like stuff that she does. Uh, and she's great. Like we, Kylie and I saw her for Kylie's birthday at the Laugh Factory, and she killed it. Like it was like a ten minute standing ovation. It was awesome. It was hilarious. Um, I, I like the but, way that she looks on screen visually. Yeah, and she, yeah. Like, and she's like, um, like she a has a present. Her age and body type, like it feels like, uh, it feels not typical, and that's it's fresh and it works visually. That's not any of the issue. It's just her the delivery of her lines, and it's not even all of them. It's just particularly the scenes between her and Oscar Isaac that are like date quasi, like they're trying to navigate their professional relationship. And that they also like each other or whatever. Um, but honestly, Kirk also, I hate it. I, it's not even yeah. so much his performance, but the character is stupid and made the movie worse. The character, like, I hated the character of Kirk, um, even in his role in the narrative. Like, I know that I'm supposed to dislike Kirk because he's a piece yeah. of shit, but I don't like what he did to the story. I would, so. First half hour of this film, I was like, this vibe is so cool. It is very cl- yeah. It feels like I'm watching an educational, uh, like a very dry clinical tutorial on how to play count cards and how to play games at a high, like uh, a card counters perspective on the casino. And especially someone who's not big time. Like it just makes it seem like anyone can do this um, if they you know study and take the time to work at it and practice. Yeah, practice is a big thing that comes up many times in the film for how he can do this well, um, and because of his time in prison, he was able to use that time to hone a skill uh, at a high level like this. Um, he talks yeah. about this is the uh, the best sell on prison I've ever heard. That's what I said to Riss. I was like, "Man, he's really <laughs> making prison sound like it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good for you." Uh, you got nothing else to do but master something. Um, and he's, then he doesn't seem to be scared to go back in the end. Um, which spoilers. Um, the ending I have a lot of problems with. The ending had a lot. And I think that's what it just felt like. This movie, I I couldn't understand where it was going. I didn't care about the poker tournaments, which so it's not a sports movie. It's not like the typical or like the Queen's Gambit or whatever. Like it's not a, a building to her to the character winning the big championship. They get the money and and it makes you know they ride off in the sunset. This is it. It has those plot points in there, but it is not about that. It is about yeah, it's background. It is about Oscar Isaac trying to save Kirk, and Kirk does not want to be saved by Oscar Isaac. And honestly, when Oscar Isaac first says to Lalinda that that's why he's doing this, I don't believe him. I didn't believe him for so long in this movie. I was like, there's got to be something else. There's got to be another ulterior motive here. Like maybe Mm -hmm. he is going to try to help Kirk kill this guy. Maybe he is going to kill Kirk. Like maybe I I kept trying to fantasize more interesting ways that it could have gone than where it went. Yeah, I I felt like once they had the conversation about like this is you know this is why I need your help to do the shit the um I kind of was just like all right well this is obviously gonna end like it's got it's gonna end in a it, I figured just like a showdown or like where the kid's gonna turn heel on uh, Oscar Isaac 
but the I don't know Kirk with a C. It's just I hated him. Kind of yeah. It's kind of a douche, but I the, I was uh, so as soon I was like this movie is my fucking kind of movie, and as soon as oh we yeah, got, it starts out and like you have the it, you have that and then like the twine thing is interesting uh, with like wrapping the hotel yeah, room. Yeah, oh, the setup of this movie so cool. is a five out of five. The setup of this movie <laughs> is fantastic. It just, it just stops and goes to the bar to have a drink and talk to Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> Honestly, the movie started falling off as once we had the scene with Kirk. And uh, and then he, we're just like, okay, Kirk's gonna come with you, um, and Kirk sucks, and uh, I I didn't understand why, and then it was just like, oh, it's it's I'm gonna save Kirk, and and then uh, maybe that's why I didn't believe it because I didn't think like, are you that naive to think that you can do this to this kid? Like he's 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 do he's gonna go his Shit. own way. Shit. What? Oh God! Oh, sorry. A wasp just flew on the back of my head. Uh, where is it? It's now. It's on the blinds in front of me. Jesus Christ! It scared the shit out of me. Yeah, you um, react. Me and uh, I don't react well to bees and wasps and stuff. Uh, Riss always likes to make fun of me for it. You just yeah, like, man. Well, there's a new nest uh, outside the house again, and they keep crawling in through my office window somehow. Um, <laughs> I usually find like one every couple of days in there. Jesus Christ! I didn't even hear it buzzing around. Sorry about that. <laughs> um. Yeah, Kirk yeah, sucks. Sorry. Kirk sucks. Yeah, but like, I want to feel bad because like I get the thing with his dad, and like that's that sucks, and you want to blame somebody for it, but like, I don't know. I just I oh, you know care. the you know, the actor who plays Kirk, Ty Sheridan, and he plays yeah young uh young Cyclops and um and the X Men would uh, X Men Apocalypse Christ. only an yeah. X Men Apocalypse. And he's Ready Player One. He's the main character of Ready Player One movie. Oh, the Ready Player One guy. Gotcha. I had never saw that movie, but the it did it didn't look appealing. Um, yeah, I'm not, like... I I don't like this guy. Um, did not like him. Didn't like his character. Really couldn't wait for him to die. Died off screen in an unfulfilling way. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, did, how'd you feel about Willem Dafoe at least? Like, did that? Because so, I like okay. him in most. Let, I did. I, I wouldn't have to talk. Willem Dafoe is great because he's great and everything. But um, the best part of the movie was the. I don't know what the lens was. Uh, Remind me of a fisheye lens. Of, yeah, uh, I think it was a fisheye. The, uh, You're about the black and white stuff. Moving. It wasn't black and white, but moving through the prison, all the prison scenes. Um, like it would like walk through the prison and the whole world would like be morphing around and you can see down the mm. one hallway while seeing down the other hallway. It was I've yeah. never seen it you the uh the fisheye lens used in that way before. Um it was super cool and surreal. It felt like the dream sequence. Um the, mm. the first dream sequence. I loved the way that looked. That was probably the coolest part of the movie for me. Like the death metal playing and the dog barking and like this feels awful to me right now let alone how if you had to you know live in this for days at a time yeah i i i'm curious about it because it's it they didn't shoot anamorphic on this so it has to be some kind of a fisheye and like i used to do those google photography things we used uh we had to do 18 millimeter on a full frame lens or sensor to get a, about 178 degrees 175 ish degrees um, so I wonder if they just did something like that, but you you have to crop in on that because when you're recording on the sensor, you're just you just get a circle. 
um, from it because it's so fish-eyed. But it, it looks like they just did something like that and cropped in to be able to get like the the two doors looks thing. Um, oh man, I've never seen something like that before in my life, and I feel like it just oh you know is inspiring for the ways that you can excuse me use that sort of thing. Yeah, it was like how we were talking last week about Annette, where it's just like, I, I brought up just, this made me think so much about like how much further you can push with cinema and stuff like that. But it's it's just like the little subtlety differences that you can get can make like a big impact on a scene. And just, just like what all it takes new. is one person using a thing that's existed forever in a slightly new way, and it can inspire people yeah. to use it in 10 other new ways. Um, that's, I, I hate how people say that like nothing, there's nothing original, nothing's new under the sun. That's the the uh, the saying, and I, I mean that is true. But what we can do is take old techniques with new techniques and and you know reimagine, remix and match them into something new. And there's so many you know uh, permutations of uh, of that. There's so many new things you can do just with rearranging the shit that we've already used. Um, not all. I was gonna say when time goes on too, people forget and and things become forgotten of just of techniques and styles and just even somebody doing something that hasn't been done before, but it hasn't been done in so long that it's irrelevant. Well, that's know, what ends up. Life and- that's what ends up like ma- pairing an old technique with new technology. You know, like yeah. it's a technique from the '60s, but now we have fucking 8K cameras and um and whatever. Like we have new technologies on in post, and we have new. Um, and green screen, te- green screen technology is so much further ahead, and there's just that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. It's it's pretty, it's in all mediums. Technology opens new doors um, and creates new things you can do. And I think people get latch onto those new things, and then they remember that not only can you do completely new things with that technology, you can then reinterpret old techniques through that, which then make more new things, um, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. There is, it is true that there's nothing new, but there are certainly new ways that you can do it. Yeah, um, and it's it's there's always a new audience. Um, but do you want to get more into the ending, or do you want to? I, I don't really. I don't know. I, I we talked about the date scene, the light, the light, the the. It will remind me of like uh, like Heartwood Acres or something. Riss just went to yeah, a. Yeah like a paper lantern festival and she sh- sent me pictures and it looked very similar to that date. Um, I liked th- I liked them together as a ship. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like that. I feel so little about this movie and that's the problem is like, as much as I enjoyed the experience of watching it in the theater, um, I mm. just, I don't feel anything for this movie. When characters died, I felt nothing when he went back to prison i felt nothing oh yeah what did you think about the scene where oscar isaac's trying to take kirk to prison to meet his old buddy in prison and kirk's just like no fucking way which i would have said the same thing like this is weird and you might be crazy yeah um, I, it just seemed and they not, did it off screen yeah i was say it just seemed like oh one i mean you should show it, but that just seems like I don't know. It's, this isn't scared straight, you know. What I mean, like that—that—that's that shit isn't real. I so I feel um, like his character, Oscar Isaac's character, is very naive about how he can impact. He doesn't know how he can save this kid. He just, and then he just like, well, if I hand him a shitload of money, that that has to do it. And and anyone yeah. who knows, anyone who knows, when you hand a sniveling fucking brat a shitload of money, they're gonna just fuck it up. Like that is yeah. the that is not the way that they learn a lesson. 
Even and it's in, not like Oscar has, sorry, good. I was just saying the threat he threatens him to do it on top of that. And that's not the way to do it either. Um, people have to learn a lesson on their own. Like not yeah. necessarily by themselves, but they have to learn the lesson themselves. They cannot be forced to do to to simulate the lesson, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I was gonna say it was like it's not even like Oscar Isaac was in prison long enough for there to be like, oh well like like it's back in my day we you know, you could you could do things this way, take a kid under your wing and do some shit. Or maybe it's just like a military thing. Background of just like the camaraderie of taking somebody like like st- you know sticking together to to make sure everyone is okay, but that's just it doesn't work. Like you said, it's just like fucking kids hate authority and kids hate being told no. And do you like, think? Do you think what it was trying to say? This is just coming to me, but because he was he had a you know he was in the military and had a weird experience, an abnormally weird experience in the military, uh, which is already trauma inducing um as it is then goes to prison which is isolating and fuck will fuck you up socially then gets out of prison and becomes an isolated loner who turns his motel rooms into prison cells daily uh every day um do you think that that maybe though his approach to kirk being so weird has to do with how fucked up socially he might be um from his isolation it could be, yeah. It could I be like, just you thought know, of it. going down, going down this path is is just going to leave you in a worse, more fun. like you're gonna you you'll end up like me kind of thing. Like, yeah, I could see that. Uh, it's, it's just kind of saving him from becoming yourself type of situation. Well, and it seems like he's only really doing this for his own redemption. It doesn't seem yeah. like like Kirk wants Claire wants uh, closure Closer. by killing John Gordo, Willem Dafoe's character. And Oscar Isaac seems to be seeking closure by helping Kirk and being a, having a chance to do something maybe fatherly or just to help someone who was affected by the same shit that ruined his life. Um, so I, I get the, the motivation, but it's like, it seems to be more uh, about himself and not about Kirk. It has to be because the delusion, the level of delusion and naivety he has himself has with himself about saving Kirk that I I can't imagine that he just meets Kirk, this douchey kid, and was like, I'm going to save his life because it's the right thing to do because I'm just a good guy because he doesn't stake me for just being a he doesn't he doesn't stake me as a bad guy. It seems like everyone he meets that knows him likes him um, from the circuits and whatnot, but it seems like like do they know the real him? Um, the score in this movie is amazing. Um, I saw some, some complaints about it, but I really feel like it illustrates it's for, it's like very whispery and then like the ran- mm-hmm. there'll be a, a randomly some like indie songs play, but usually it's very like tones and whispery and it just really illustrates this quiet chaos that is going on, uh, beneath the surface for the, our um, protagonist. Um, and then it, it, the, after the dream sequence, it like transitions out with those sounds again and like shit over top of other shit. Like there's a lot of that, like fading in, sh- like overlaying two shots on each other where they're there. They're like in the same location. So you see like the ghosts of people moving in the prison or something like that or in the casino. Um, it, it, it's definitely illustrates the, his mental illness well, but also like that he has a, uh, his routine helps him have a control of it, I guess. There's a lot of yeah. love of the routine, um, and Kirk doesn't like the routine. Kirk brings up how it's the same shit every day. 
um, living this life. He also mentions like why you do, why are you making me do this? Essentially, and, and Oscar Isaac's like, well, being on the circuit, you know, doing the loop helps you work things out. And uh, I think that that's oh, he's talking about prison there. Um, also, yeah, yeah. Uh, that prison is what helped him get his life right and work things out. And that maybe if you know you're on some kind of routine, it helped me. That it'll help you. Um, uh, I'll pass this back to you. But one, th- it, it makes me rethink about something. Um, I'm somebody who likes routine a lot for that reason. Um, I like to do. Um, I like structure. Without when I have no structure, I end up doing nothing. Um, that's a big problem for me. Uh, and if I take a week off and I'm not, I don't have things planned, I will not leave the house and I will just be a lump of shit. And, uh, I can sympathize with that a lot, but you, but also realizing that other people have different ways of, of, you know, dealing with life or, or, or helping them cope with their own idiosyncrasies. Um, and that's you know just what worked for you isn't going to work for someone else and trying to 100 trying to graph that um graft your own um ways upon somebody else will you know could lead them to ruin or they'll lead them not to ruin but lead them to reject you to the point um of of you know oblivion like we see with kirk yeah, it's it's like interesting to say too, because like you could look at that parallel between you and I, where I'm of the two of us, I'm the more like less structure, um, based because of work and stuff. I'm 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 constantly just making plans on the fly or doing jobs on the fly, and just kind of it's I've just kind of been wired to be that way. And I've always between all like the touring and stuff I used to do, I've always was just like, man, I wish I could just be in one place in one spot, and I miss like I want stability in that. And now I've had it for the like year um the year and a half and it's it's now getting like i'm just craving like the just the and i still get it because i travel for work still a bunch but i miss i kind of like missing like, the tour lifestyle of just i for me to get through my stuff is just constantly just kind of doing whatever i'm feeling in the moment and and just kind of rolling with it um so like i get that i i it's it's you know, it's not uh, one size fits all is only for like hats. Um, but it's uh, I don't know, I guess I, don't, I forgot what I was going with this, but um, yeah, we're just building, yeah, you were I, just agree. like kind of yeah, agreeing yeah. with what I was saying. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I, I, I want to say about the score though, yes, I, I, I was gonna say for the people who keep this is two for two people saying that the score was not good, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I think Paul Schrader, like knows what he like how to pair like uh proper music for what the themes and tones he's going for your movie um, sucks said he hated the score in first reformed and then i saw just i was just re- skimmed reviews and letterboxed on this which are surprisingly mm-hmm. much more positive than wow we feel about it but i did see some people complaining about the score and i just like mm-hmm. thought that that was crazy like it, the score is much more active in this film um but i don't think it took away from it in any way. Oh, um, I thought it added. I thought it just is. It's a great accompaniment. I didn't even notice it, uh, other than like the like the big uh, like dream stuff and and I noticed it in a good way. Notice that's what I mean. Like I didn't notice. Like nothing stood out as in like oh like I I felt a certain type of way like in a negative tone about it. Um, it's yeah. just I don't know. I just thought it fit. Mm-hmm. No, I noticed it in a good way. 
Um, I, 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 there's, it's, it's hard because I liked the film and in a lot of ways, but I ultimately recognize that it is kind of a bad film. I, uh, I, I, um, we just watched Twilight last night and I described which one? Not, not the last one. We finished the whole series. We finished all of them last night. So we can do our Twilight. If we want to do a, a, a bonus episode or just a video talking about it. We can, but, uh, I would totally characterize those movies as good, bad movies because they are objectively, unequivocally trash films, but they are very entertaining and they have a lot of entertainment value. And there are like, you could talk about good things in it, like about the aesthetics or whatever, but this movie is probably a bad, good movie. Whereas um, there the aesthetics are on point it is beautiful. It has like looks like a duck and quacks like a duck in terms of the things that I like in a slow, yeah. a good slow burn indie that really has a good attention to detail um, in the aesthetic department. I know I keep saying aesthetic, um, <laughs> but it doesn't really land. It doesn't really execute, and I ultimately did not care about any of the characters outside of the protagonist. And the protagonist arc ultimately ends in an unfulfilling way. Yeah, this is a case of just the sum, or the the parts are greater than the sum. Uh, everybody involved in this is very talented. Everybody involved in this does great things. This is just a, a scenario of like it's you know it's all those things coming together weren't enough, and I, I that falls on the director um, obviously, but the it's I I'm not, I like I don't I'm not gonna want to see this probably ever again. Um, probably if it not. Comes on. If it comes on in passing and there's nothing like going on, but we don't really watch TV like that anymore, um, yeah, it's not like I'm just gonna and have these, like TNT these on. These movies in the aren't gonna get put on any either. Um, yeah, yeah. Me and Riss watch uh, Basic Cable, and there's channels like Comets. We we've been random. We've been watching parts of Star Trek movies for the last few weekends, and we're now at the point where we've pretty much seen all the movies by seeing the different sections of it randomly um i i missed that about uh old tv but yeah sorry died uh i digress but yeah this this movie is i don't know i like i said i enjoyed the experience but i don't walk away from it thinking that it was a good film um yeah i would want to see more paul schrader but yes i think we well we're, we're gonna do taxi driver and raging bull at some point um so we can look at him as a writer um and and uh i'm not sure what his other strong films are but we can look into that as well uh but yeah before um before we give a score because uh, we do need to wrap up um i did want to talk about the ending so essentially in the ending um kurt uh oscar isaac threatens to torture kirk and gives him a, and then gives him one hundred fifty thousand dollars to go see his mom kirk leaves uh kirk leaves and you think that he's going to do that you find out that kirk wants to go kill uh, the uh, John Gordo, Willem Dafoe's character, and was murdered in the process. Oh, Riss pointed out that he tried to kill uh, John Gordo with a pellet gun, which insinuates that he did not think he was actually going to succeed and he was committing suicide by cop. How did you feel about that? Wow. I Because yeah. remember, his original plan was I was going to trank him. But the news yeah, report yeah, says yeah. that all he had was a pellet gun. So that tells me that he committed suicide. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely. Oh my god, it does add a, a little bit of a little bit of yeah. Stank. That kind of yeah, that kind of makes me rethink the character of the movie. 
now as a whole. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, maybe you just didn't think Kirk would do that, and maybe the suicide part not being completely um, apparent uh, mm. takes away. But the fact that it happens off screen, there's just like a detachment. <laughs> there's like a detachment from it. So this all happens. Yeah, I mean, you build up this whole movie builds up to this point, and you don't see it. And that's like kind of a letdown in it. And I was watching this feature of it um, yesterday, like an interview with Trader, and he was just talking about, yeah, this movie's designed. There's constantly something entertaining happening, grabbing you the whole movie. No, you're wrong. If you, you um, didn't even show us like what you were building for the entire time, so um, in, I mean, in, it, it delivers in a different way. Yeah. In the end, um, Oscar Isaac is in the World Series of Poker Championships and uh, is about to win. And uh, finds out that uh, Kirk was killed and then just leaves. Um, then goes to uh, John Gordo's house and has a torture off with him off screen where they take turns torturing each other until one of them dies. And you find out that our Oscar Isaac wins. He reports the homicide and goes back to prison. The very end of the film was Corey was spoiling on the ca- on his camera. Um, Lalinda comes back. Um, they touch fingers on the glass uh, in the visitation room, and the credits roll over their fingers, and it stay the fingers stay that way until the credits are done. Which I stayed to the end to make sure that it did not change. Well, there the the fingers were on there for like thirty seconds before the credits even rolled. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and- yeah, yeah. It was like playing that song, and then the song just kept yeah. playing. Yeah, um, and then, and then like, all right, that's it. <laughs> all right, um, let's wrap this kinda up. Like, I was gonna say it's kind of I. While I I forgot to say for first reform, I felt the ending was abrupt. I did not expect it to just be credits roll when they started, like after they started kissing. I like that though. Um, I, I, I did like. To, it. I, did I like wanted it. to see more, and I think that's like you know, in a good way. It's end not it like when I you felt want more. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, leave them want more. That was definitely a leave them want more moment, and that's why mm-hmm. the ending works. This movie, I was ready for it to end. Absolutely ready. Yeah. Um, so, what are you giving the card counter? Um, I, I'm sitting there at a three. Uh, I gave it a three, cool. also. Like, like it, it, and what's propping it up is just like Oscar Isaac's great, the cinematography's great, the score's great. Like, I, like, there's, I think that there is a much better movie in here. I agree. Um, I, but it's I think the, I think I don't know. I don't think it could be that, edited. That into, thing I don't think it could be edited I, into a better movie. I think that it, that that Tiffany Haddish might need to be recasted. Um, I think it just needs like slightly rewritten uh, a bit. But the not a, not a lot, but just things like like the pellet gun thing. I didn't even notice until you brought it up. And like that's if that would have been way more prevalent. I think that would have had a way more. I would have. I, mean, I like that. I like yeah. that it was subtle. Um, I honestly, I just didn't think of it at first. <laughs> I was like, maybe they thought that he used to try to use the trank gun thing, and um, they thought it was a pellet gun or something. But no, it makes much more sense that way. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. I give it a. I give it a three as well. Um, I don't. Risk gave it a two and a half. I debated on doing the same, but I think I was just too entertained by the movie i didn't feel bored really as as much as you or she said um but um i liked it a lot all right so that does it for this week 
of Best Boys. Make sure if you're not, you're following us on all the things. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Stitcher. We're on all everywhere that you can find podcasts. Uh, the video podcast is on YouTube. We also stream every week at twitch.tv slash slobthomas. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at slobthomas. You can follow him on Twitter at Corey with a story. Um, Corey, do you have any updates with us before I tell him what we're doing next week? Um not really um there were some hiccups with rough pants but that is i think finally getting an order and also my producer and my dp for my short film are finally off to the shows that they were working on and so we're gonna start i have our we have our first meeting next saturday uh to get the ball rolling on that but other than that that's about it all right well uh, we'll all be excited about that make sure you keep us updated next week we are watching it's a David Lynch episode, Wild at Heart and Lost Highway. I know Corey's been waiting for a Lynch off, so uh, we're yeah, you might Hell see yeah. a little bit of him the, over the next month or so with uh, Dune coming out. Um, not that he's doing that, but you know. All right, have a he good should one. be. He sh- I yeah. said it. Dune two, <laughs> Dune two, Dune two. Yeah, the Dune-ing. All right, well, uh, my stomach's hurting, so I'm getting off of here, uh, and y'all have a good day. Have a good one. Bye.